0: Hey, this is Liz Manning. I'm a kitchen and bath designer with a la carte home design. If you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships. You should be listening to the sell without selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne.
1: If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to sell without selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacy O'Byrne.
2: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Liz Manning. Liz Manning is an expert kitchen and bath designer at a boutique firm, a la carte Home design. With 12 years of experience and an extensive background in fine arts, Liz loves to be a partner and guide for clients through a creative process. Her goal to, is to keep functionality, aesthetics, and budget in mind while transforming your unique space into a reality. You know, Liz and I share a lot of same values, and I am so excited for you to hear our conversation. Hey, I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve a high six and seven figure income and success. I am so excited for you to hear our conversation today and really quick. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If that sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com I want success. There's a quick application error that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Liz, how are you? Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to speak with you.
2: You know, I'm so honored you're here. I know how crazy busy you are. I know that you've got extensive travel plans coming up right now. I know you have a lot going on in your business, and I was blessed and honored when you said, let's do this. So let's talk about your journey, because, you know, as we all know, being an entrepreneur is just so easy, right? You just put up a sign and say, welcome, and then all of a sudden, you're a gazillionaire, right? Sure, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you shook your head no on that. Yeah, it's that easy. Have <laughs> uh, you been drinking on me? So the answer is no, not yet. <laughs> so, so what's the journey been like for you? Um,
0: I guess like starting from the beginning of my career and how I got into what I'm doing is I've always had an affinity towards art. I've always been very creative I had very supportive parents who um, helped me in that journey. And um, I've had peers along the way where um, going into the world of creativity was not an option of, oh, you should get a real job and then you can do that as a hobby. So um, it was a fantastic journey for me to be able to pursue art as a career choice and um, have the support behind that. So I went... um, in college, I majored in both graphic design and studio art. And in my final semester, realizing like, hey, I, I love these things. They're not what I truly love. And my, um, my passion is towards interior design. So finished up school and signed up for some more semesters because, you know, keep it rolling while it's going.
1: Right. So
0: <laughs> I, um, I found a um, program that was at a community college in St. Louis that did a two-year um, interior design program that I did in a year and a half and added kitchen and bath to it and realized I loved kitchen and bath and I wanted that as my career choice. Had an internship at a big firm in St. Louis and spent six years there, hopped over to another big firm and stayed six years there and then decided I wanted something that was more in line with my values and where I wanted to be at, which is a smaller boutique. Um, I found some peers that are absolutely wonderful and I work for um, a lady who started the firm uh, a la carte home design and here I am (laughs) it's been a great journey
2: that's fantastic so following your passion following your dream and building your success wrapped around your values you know I think when we first start out our pursuit of success is one thing and then as we start the journey of success i think it becomes something else so how do you define success today
0: mm. um i think that would be um having my cup full in many different areas like not just in my business and my personal life and my uh, my friendships and um In just all areas and Mm -hmm. not just, it's not all about business. It's not all about personal. It's Mm -hmm.
2: everything. Yeah, it's about the up and flow. It's about the harmony. You know, so many, so many entrepreneurs, business owners, sales professionals, and just executive professionals, they look for that balance, right? And can we just agree and admit that there's no such thing as balance? We'll never get it, (laughs) you know? (laughs) (laughs) however if we strive for that work-life harmony and we look for areas in our life that were just existing and we can kind of tune it up ratchet it up and allow ourselves to really thrive right and then we look for thriving in every area and find that harmony in it life gets a little exciting right definitely yes I think so many people for so long pursue the power of the almighty dollar. And when they get it, they realize that they're still not happy. And I think it's really finding the happiness in the journey that makes finding the money effortless and then finding the harmony effortless effortless as well. Sure. So what inspires you? Mm. Um.
0: In different areas, um, first, like I, my family, definitely inspires me to want to be the best person I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, always wanting to be not only better for myself, but just wanting more. How can I make something? Um, how can I make something more? Like when I'm working with the client, how can we make your design better for you? Mm-hmm. What can help you? Um, make this click? Um, <laughs> what what can I do to make it better?
2: Mm-hmm. You know, so many people focus on the contract, the outcome, as opposed to the fluidity and the journey with the client. You know, you keep bringing up, even in your bio, you brought up how it's about them, right? How can you or how do you because i know how i can how do you keep your design fluid within budget meet the profitability and still keep it all about the client
0: mm. i think um there has to be a lot of honesty up front because it is a back and forth and if i'm not being honest and truthful. Why would someone want to be honest and truthful with me? Right. So the first is wanting to know what that budget is, and I, I feel it all the time that that makes someone want to pump the brakes when we come in saying, "Hey, how much are you willing wanting to invest into your home?" Oh, what they're hearing if if there's not truth coming from me is, "Well, how much money do you want me to spend? How much money are you trying to take from me?" And that's <laughs> not <what I'm> about. <laughs> It's about right. you're putting a value into your home. There has to be a number to that, mm-hmm. so that I guide you to get you the correct product and prices and find you the correct um um install installers to Mm -hmm. to fit that budget Mm -hmm. um so there there has to be just that integrity and honesty to be able to have those open conversations and um keep us having that the equal partnership
2: you know i love that you brought that up Um, let's 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 go down a rabbit hole for a second okay so (laughs) You know, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're a business owner. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter if you're in sales. It doesn't matter if you're a business owner. We all have, as any one of those providers, we all have needs, wants, and desires. You know, we as a service provider, a solution provider, we need money. Right, we need money. We've got to be transactional. We've got to be profitable. There's got to be that fluid exchange uh, between us and the future prospective client. Now, what happens is money is such a trigger for people. Money is such. Uh, I'm I'm going to go as far out and say it's this ugly entity for some people you know it's either because they lacked it growing up or they lack it now or the relationship that existed for them growing up or today was was money made people fight because one of the number one things couples fight about is money right money has taken this thing in society to where people covet it people People look at it as something more than what it really is. And because of it, it's got this whole dichotomy, this whole set of triggers attached to it. So when we're a solution provider, when we're a salesperson, when we're a business owner, when we're a service provider, we're leading with something that is so sensitive both for ourselves potentially and for the recipient of the conversation that we're embarking on. So for us, if we've got lack, if we've got need, then we've got all this energy that's, that's wrapped up into this presentation that we're either delivering or getting ready to deliver. And if we lack that integrity, that honesty, that, that, clearness, if we didn't do the inner work, the way that we're getting ready to deliver that atom bomb and the way that atom bomb will explode could then determine what happens next, right? When we're having these conversations with our future prospective client, it is so important to understand our model of the world when it comes to the projection of the conversation and so that we can understand their model of the world when it comes to their ability to receive the conversation. And I love how you lead with honesty, because so many people think that that buy selling counter is about the seller showing up, what can I take from them? And the buyer showing up, what can I hide from them? You know, I remember growing up in sales, being told, eh, buyers are liars. I remember growing up as a buyer because I started as a buyer before I ever became a salesperson. And I remember my purchasing manager sitting me down when I was a junior buyer and saying, do you know how you can tell when a salesperson is lying to you? And I turned around and said, no, how? And they said, their lips are moving. So that was my first indoctrination into buying. And then when I was being trained as a salesperson, my sales manager sat me down and said, do you know how a buyer's lying? And I was like, oh, let me guess. Their lips are moving. And they're like, yeah, how did you know? And I said, because I've heard that somewhere. And they said, yeah, all buyers are liars when that relationship stems from this foundation what do you think happens it's why i love that you said you start with honesty so going into these because you know you and i have have really gotten to know each other a lot over the past year right and you lead with your heart right you lead with your heart and you lead with transparency now, with that entire foundation that I just laid out, because do you agree that that exists in any world of sales and buying?
0: Oh, for sure. Um, I would say that my first dip into this career path, um, I was an artist who decided to sell and didn't quite understand what selling was, and um having to align myself with saying that I was, oh, I I'm in sales, like it was really incongruent for me for a really long time. And having to um, understand that you can be an honest salesperson, um, that was a, a huge lesson learned for me.
2: Yeah, so when we go into this with that perception, kind of existing in the world as it is today, right? How does someone, or how did you, Step into it and find the ability to still make it simple, effortless, lead with the heart and be honest and allow it to be received for the sincerity that it's truly delivered.
0: Mm. I think um, one of the first things I was looking for, like a mentor, (laughs) that uh, finding someone that I Aligned myself with, and it was different um, co-workers I had through my first job, and listening to their stories and how they worked with clients, and then, you know, you model that type of behavior, but in a way that works for you. That mm-hmm. um, that I um, if I do what feels natural, which is leading with transparency, leading with kindness, leading with my heart, that it's going to be effortless for me, and is going the connections. And, you know, the, there's the clients that you work amazingly well with. And then there's the people that are just, it's just a little bit harder. And if you leave with kindness, I feel like things just fall into place.
2: Absolutely. Um, so I want to back up on something that you said, because you, you kind of kicked dirt on a subject that's huge for people. And that is you know when you kind of stepped into being in sales it wasn't easy for you right it you know because you're you're this visionary you're this designer you're this artsy person right and reality is first and foremost we get to sell ourselves right second we get to sell our vision our service our solution our product And in your case, a vision that a homeowner may or may not see, right? And then third, we have to sell the contract. We get to sell the contract, right? For someone, most people, most entrepreneurs, business owners, sales professionals don't ever see themselves as a salesperson. As a matter of fact, they do the reverse. I'm not good at sales. I'm not a salesperson. I mean, I see that in people like you all day long. Um, How do you work through that? How do you overcome that? Because let's face it, you have three things to sell. Yourself, your vision and a contract. That's true. Um,
0: I think like through the process of like understanding what a salesperson was, um, because we were talking about earlier about this this idea of Mm -hmm. It, you come in with lies, um, realizing that one, that's not true. One, I didn't have to be that way. I could be who I am. And, and of course, how could I not sell? How can I not be congruent if I didn't sell who I actually was? Um, right. But then realizing that everyone's having to sell something like no matter what line of business you're in, you are selling something. Um, and so I don't. that just made it feel more grounded for me. And just, I guess that was my understanding, stepping into the world of just like big kid jobs for the first time.
2: Right. That's fantastic. So, so let's, you know, I love bringing up the F-bomb on, on my podcast and it's not what most people think it is. It's, (laughs) it's the conversation about failure, right? I, I wholeheartedly believe that I am a culmination of every lesson I've learned from things that didn't work out in my life, right? How has failure helped you and hurt you in your career?
0: The best times that I can make a step forward and move and grow and step up on that ladder is when I have failed something because I've learned a lesson through it Mm -hmm. and uh, learned, oh, I shouldn't do it this way. This is the better way for me. How to work with someone, or or um, how how to say the right thing to connect with someone better. So I've learned to accept those times. You know, there's times where you kind of like maybe you lose a contract or something doesn't go as planned, and you kind of you know lick your wounds for a minute and then go, okay, what did I learn for this? How can I grow? How can I be better? Mm -hmm. Um, In ways that it's hurt me, um, maybe I've sat back too long and like let something linger for. (laughs) Too long. It didn't feel like I learned something through it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I um, I'm going through uh, a a redesign at home. Uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna lovingly say it's a small one right now. It's it it's a small one because our our house isn't a construction zone. Right, it's just our backyard. We're we're having a pool put in, and it's you know it's it's not a major project you know it's it's about $150,000 so there's a little emotion in it and every step through this process it's it's a custom it's a custom pool right every step through this process has been good and bad and and what i mean by that is you know the the company that's doing this is a high end company they're they they have a huge reputation However, the salesperson, who just so happened to be the sales manager, made a lot of idle promises and never followed through with them. And then tried to spin it on us to make himself a victim. Well, look at everything I did. Well, we're not talking about what you did because what you did you were paid to do. What we're talking about is what you didn't do that you said you were going to do that we paid you to do that you're not doing. So you can attempt to spin this all you want. You're not going to get away with it. I'm a linguistics master. So good luck with it. <laughs> so, so you know they it they have they have navigated things so that One of the biggest things, and and, and I'll be completely transparent with it, was we signed the contract in April, and it took them till July to get permits. Well, from April to July, a lot happened in the supply chain, a lot of costs went up, interest rates for them changed, a lot of things happened, and it happened to the bad for them, however, we were in a contract. And instead of coming back and saying, we're eating our shorts in this, they started trying to cut corners. Well, you're not gonna cut corners on something that's custom, right? And they attempted to anyway. And then they come back and whenever we call them on it, they attempt to, I'll lovingly say, lie about it. And then you know this this is this is how business people this is how salespeople can choose to show up, right? So their most recent lie was they did they they didn't finish tiling, so they didn't they didn't uh, wrap tile around the entire fountain. So we've got this walkway. And the back of the fountain doesn't have tile on it. It just has plaster. Well, to me, being a very visual processor, this looks unfinished. Their response was, well, we do this all the time. We can share with you 50 people, 50 testimonials of people we've did this with that are happy. And I said, well, my response to that was the beautiful thing about custom is it allows me to not care what those other people, 50 people said. Right. This is a custom pool. This was never discussed with us, and it's literally like 15 minutes of work. I mean, the the waterfall isn't that big, you know. It's probably four foot by. I don't know, maybe eight feet. So you're not talking about that much tile. You're not talking about that much plaster. You're not talking about that much labor. But sure. see, when you look at how they poured the deck, they they short poured the deck all the way around and in bigger areas. Well, they're trying to save money now on materials. So I called them on that. And they're like, well, no, it's per design. And I said, no, it's not per design. It's not per blueprint. I told you in the beginning that I don't read blueprints. However, I can measure. (laughs) I'm not trying to be difficult All I'm asking for you to do is do what you say, say what you do, deliver what was paid for, delivered what was agreed on, and follow through. So now, now they're playing games with me. And then they turned around and they said, Oh, well, the tile's out of stock. And I go, That's great. Just give me the manufacturer, the part number. My brother's in construction. I'll give it to him. He'll find it. Oh, no, 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 no. That's okay. We want to find it. And I was like, Oh, so you got caught with your pants down again. See, what happens is salespeople think buyers are dumb. And if both sides of the equation would just give each other the respect deserved, transactions could happen so easily. But what happens is business people, entrepreneurs, sales professionals, they get caught. They trip over something. They make a mistake. They make an error, whatever it is. And then they try to backpedal and deflect, reflect, blame, make excuses, lie. And when people do this, it doesn't matter what your product is. It doesn't matter what your service is. It doesn't matter what your solution is. That is the wrong tactic. I mean, you're you're in people's houses doing kitchen and bath. You are locking up their kitchen for a month. So they have to eat out, which is gonna make people cranky anyway, right? You're in their bathroom for months and now a family of four or five has to share a bathroom. That's going to make them cranky anyway, right? Yes. This is is where your your knowledge, your expertise, your strategy, your honesty, your transparency is most important because, because for one, you're in people's bank accounts, you're in their homes, they're inconvenienced. And anytime, and they're emotional. So anytime something goes wrong, how you handle it is going to dictate what happens next. For sure. For sure. <laughs> so that entire reader's digest condensed a version of what I shared with you as a professional who's somewhat in that industry, you know, backyard in the house, doesn't matter. It's still someone's home what's your professional opinion of that process and how should it could it have been handled so that both sides were happy? Mm. I think um, especially in these last
0: two years with um, it's been no secret that things have had crazy long lead times back orders that things have been hard to get and that um, just the process of an installer being able to put someone on their schedule Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't do the installation side. I work with people who do. So it's something I see all the time. It's like, Hey, I'm 12 months out. Like (laughs) the beginning is so important. So tell someone like, Hey, you're signing a contract for me. I anticipate it's going to be six months before I can even get your permit pulled. I don't know what that's going to do. Um, I'm in the process of getting my driveway, um, redone. And I, there's a clause on the contract that says that. We can't get to you for six months and there may be a price increase on material i i understand that because i work in the world um Mm -hmm. it's not fun to have to be like well how much more do you think it could possibly be but having those open and honest conversations from the beginning um and then um i think like you said being honest with hey we are underwater on this we're not making money off of it um having that conversation with you before it even started on how can we um, give you the best product, give you the best result. And for us as a business, not to completely <laughs> be a wash or paying you to have a new pool in your
2: house. Yeah. You know, I mean, just back on this scenario, they, they, they really pushed me to put in a, a, a lounge ledge, which is a, a shallow pedestal that has minimal water in it that you can put um, lounge chairs in, right? And, and I didn't want it because it took up like a quarter of the width of a certain section of the pool, maybe a third of it. And he really, really, really pushed me to do it. So I was like, you know what, you do this all day long, you're the professional, if you think it's that valuable, then sure, add it to it. Well, when the you know, and he really, really sold the fact that two of us would be there. You know, we'd have a table in between us, sharing a Mai Tai or a cocktail, having a conversation, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it romanticized it, you know, the, the whole vision of it. Sold, done, stamped, approved, absolutely. Then when they build it out, remember, I've been catching them reducing materials. They built the ledge shorter, shallower because it was too expensive for them for all the materials they needed well when I went out there when it was done it bare it didn't fit a a reclining chair like they had said didn't fit one let alone two so then he was like oh that's okay just lay it horizontally and then one person can be up there and I said that's not the vision you sold that's not the vision I bought so we got in this huge I'm going to call it an argument because he was really an asshole about it. And and because of the the approach he took with me, I dug in and I was like, it's not per contract. You know, if he would have just had a conversation, I would have been a hell of a lot more flexible. However, because he tried to lie, because they tried to hide it, because they tried to manipulate it. And then because he dug in and he was an ass about it, I turned around and said, you have two options, fix it or... Drill it out, not my problem. And uh, they ended up fixing it, and I know that it's probably still not going to fit it. However, I also know that they had to put a hell of a lot more into it. Now, the the, the measurements are iffy, so I'm probably going to have a hard time finding chairs now that fit there. However, if they would just, as a supplier, have handled it differently, the entire process would have been different. Because I'm like. I'm like the easiest buyer in the world. If you can show me that I want it, if you can show me I need it, if you can show me I should have it, here's my credit card. We're done, right? Lie to me once and you're dead. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so back on 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 the failure part, right? Going through that whole process. Have you ever had an instance to where your values met profitability or lack of profitability I should say so you had a problem which then possibly created a problem for a client like I can remember a time when I made a huge mistake huge mistake it's when it's when I um I owned my printing company I quoted something wrong because I moved the decimal point wrong. And we were taking, it wasn't a small hit. It was a huge hit. Like we're talking a six figure loss. And it was for a really large company and absorbing this would have put us out of business. So I had to really tuck my tail between my butt and between my legs and sit down and look the director of procurement in the eyes lay out my mistake, apologize, eat crow, and be prepared to walk away with no order and probably the harshest reputation bashing that that they would have, could have done to a lot of other people who could have impacted my business. And I remember sitting down with them and saying, you know, I don't. I know of no easy way to say this. I made a huge mistake. I'm human. I moved a decimal point wrong. That decimal point created a $175,000 mistake. And there's no way I can deliver it because I'm delivering it. I had quoted it so low to begin with that this this has become non-deliverable. And he laughed. And he said, I already knew that. I was just wondering if this conversation was ever going to happen and how you handled it. He goes, why do you think you got the order so fast? And I laughed and I said, because I'm cute, because I'm smart, because I have charisma. And he goes, no, because you were cheap. So we laughed and he goes, so tell me what we can do. That was the defining moment right then and there as to whether or not I was going to ever have them as a client again. And I and I looked him dead in the face and I said, as a business owner, I can't take a loss. I can't, there's no way. I can't even sell it to you as cost because you pay in, in 120 days. So if I sold it to you at cost, I'd be losing about 30% anyway. I said, what I can do is you and I can sit down, look at my costs, we'll negotiate a markup that's fair, knowing that I have to carry your money for four months. He looked at me and when it was all said and done, we marked it up, he allowed me to do 17%, which was, which was accessible and acceptable to me. And that relationship, that one conversation yielded the company about $900,000 over the next two months. Wow! So it's really important to know when you mess up, own it, right? So have you ever had anything like that happen with you?
0: Mm, Nothing quite that large. Um, I think it's more or less... um, Still, products that were thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. um, you know, that could come out of my commission. So then, out of what I'm actually paid, so that yeah. does affect. Um, having to call um, a client and tell them something really wrong is really wrong, and um, <laughs> <laughs> is is one of those like oh, deep breath moments. Make that phone call because you you have to tell what's going on. Um, I think one of the hardest ones was um, a countertop. So during the the installation process, I wish a kitchen install was four weeks. It's probably more like 12. So, um, so most, so, you know, someone's living at home with their family, young kids. It was during COVID um, and their your cabinets get put down and then a countertop company comes in and but fab- takes a template over it. So mm-hmm. there's a period of time where you just have cabinets sitting there and it takes about two weeks to fabricate this top, sometimes three, sometimes four during COVID, during that really rush where so many people came in and wanted their kitchen done at the same time. And I uh, shipped the wrong sink to the fabricator. The fabricator fabricated the top with the wrong sink goes to install. And I get the call crying from the customer. This is not right. What are we going to do about it? Well, the top has to be recut. So I have to pay for all that. In the meantime, they can't do it overnight. It has to be put back in lineup and it takes another week. I have four kids at home and what am I going to do? <laughs> and right. know what you can do is really like I I sympathize with you I'm so sorry and I think just having that conversation and letting someone talk to you (laughs) about it and being willing to um, listen and own up to the mistakes as well like I I accidentally shipped the wrong sink I'm so sorry
1: (laughs) I'm
2: so (laughs) yeah that's 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 a really great point you know I think we're human we're going to make mistakes right and and it's only a mistake if you don't learn from it. Right. It's only a mistake if you avoid addressing it. I mean, I know so many people that do the whole ostrich effect, just put their head in the sand and don't deal with it. And then they ignore it and then it becomes a bigger problem. Right. So let's shift gears a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a lot of, uh, new and up and coming business owners and sales professionals and entrepreneurs that that listen to this podcast you know we we have people who are very entrenched we have people with traction we have we have an entire demographic however this particular question is really geared towards someone who's starting out what what's what one piece of advice can you give someone who's starting out? Mm,
0: I think it would be finding a mentor or coach, someone who can really help give you guidance and advice and uh, be that sounding board. Because um, mm-hmm. there, there's questions and there's moments of, um, oh gosh, imposter syndrome or, um, yeah. Um, to not feed into that and, um, having someone to kind of guide you through those pot those points and, um, really networking and just meeting people and getting your name out there and, um, having the confidence behind that. That's something that I know for myself, I'm really working on. And it's something that, um, I would really recommend having that solid foundation to believe in yourself, self-worth, self-love, and, you know, it all skyrockets
2: from there. That's great advice. Now, let's shift gears for that person who's in the trenches, right mm-hmm. Who's in the trenches? and you know, let's face it, uh, inflation's a real thing. Interest rates are going up. You know, the looming signs of recession is is ahead of us which means that the itty-bitty shitty committee is firing on all cylinders right now, right? And I think if you really step back, if you've been doing what you've been doing for a while, then you've probably seen this type of economy maybe two or three times. What's your advice to that person who is, uh, for lack of a better description, paralyzed? by what's happening in the economy right now and the itty bitty shitty committees allowed and the belief system is oh I can't move forward I can't make sales happen I can't I can't I can't whatever that is
0: Mm. I think in those type of situations just like looking for the good because if you're only going to look for bad you're only going to see that you're only going to see everything awful that's going on and there is so much still so good and so um there are people that are still going to buy things yeah it's finding that group of people finding um uh finding your level of confidence and your um like attracts like so if you're going to be confident and you're going to like find what you need and be who you need to be you're going to attract the right people that want
2: what you're being able to sell. I love that advice. Thank you. You know, you're, you're right. People are still buying money's still exchanging hands, credit's still being obtained, right? It's, it's not a matter of, of what am I going to do? It's a matter of what can I do differently? You right. know, I, I think for the past decade, maybe not that long. Maybe for the past, yeah, probably decade, $100 bills have been falling from the sky. You know, it's, it's been an order takers environment. You know, reality is it's just shifting now to the order maker environment. People still have needs, wants, and desires. People are still living their life. It's about getting out of your head, getting into your heart. It's about realizing that maybe over the past five, 10 years, you've maybe gotten lazy in making shift happen because shift's just been happening all around you. And you've been picking up pieces and probably more pieces than what you ever had before, right? It's about really digging in and looking at your product, service, and solution and looking at the needs, wants, and desires that it serves and Finding new ways for them to find you and you find them, and when that itty bitty shitty committee gets loud, it's about having conversations with it, because what's going on inside of you is going on inside of a lot of people, and you know, like Liz just said, shift your focus, because if you focus on what's wrong, you're going to find more of that, and if you can allow yourself to focus on what's right, you'll find more of that too, right? So. So, Liz, welcome to the signature question of the show. (laughs) And that is, what does selling without selling mean to you? Mm. I think for
0: me, it means um, being authentic. Mm. Um, I think my favorite word today has been honesty. So, (laughs) (laughs) selling with honesty, it is being honest, because if you are... If you, if you do what's on your heart, it just, it's natural. Yeah. So selling without selling at that point, you're, you're naturally doing what you set out to do.
2: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So Liz, welcome to the random round. See, I believe that success leaves clues. So I like to ask our guest experts questions so that our listeners can go, you know what? I love that. I'd like to apply that to myself. So I've got two questions for you. Okay. First one is, what's your morning ritual look like? Hmm.
0: Well, I have two young children. So I have a a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. So it's extracting whatever child had managed to get into my bed (laughs) during the morning. Or quietly extract myself so that I can have time to myself because that's what I need. I need um, a cup of coffee and just quiet yeah. to the center myself. Um, if it's either quiet meditation or just just being, mm-hmm. which in itself is a meditation. Um,
1: yeah.
0: That is what I need in the morning to get me jump-started before I start um, hurting my children towards the door. (laughs) Um,
2: Mostly coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Got it. You know, I, I love that you have found the ability to harmonize uh, your life and your business. Because having two young kids, especially in today's environment, and having a successful career like you do. That's crazy, mad juggling skills. <laughs>
0: I think the word crazy is the keyword there.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my last random round question for you, I was going to ask you what your favorite word is and why. However, I'm not going to ask you because you've already answered that three times. <laughs> So my next favorite word for you is how do you decompress? How do you recharge?
0: Um, that's something that I think I've um, rediscovered in myself in the last year is that I enjoy reading mm-hmm. so much. And it's um, something I almost like forgot how much I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, my sister started lending me books. And then I was going back to her bookshelf. Weekly for three, four, five more books. She's like, "Are you eating them? Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I just, just all kinds of um, fiction, nonfiction, personal development books, um, fun books. Just, just reading. It's just been expanding my mind and um, recharging my batteries.
2: I love that. I love that, Liz. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. Like I said, I know what your schedule's like and I appreciate you allocating time for us. If our listeners wanna find you, follow you, reach out to you, connect you, how can they do that?
0: Um, on Facebook and Instagram, it's at a la carte or my personal email is liz at a la carte
2: That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Hey, your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you and for you. I'd love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. Head over to Facebook, join our Sell Without Selling community. Second, jump over to Instagram, follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Let's jump over to Instagram, follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Last and definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you, get feedback on the episodes and find out any topics you're interested in that will help make this show more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of, desired, and know you deserve. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacey. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacey. Let's get a 15 minute call on the schedule.